Welcome to Mental Wealth, the podcast to invest in your mind. Here I will help you make sense of your mind and behaviours, giving you the tools to have your best life. There is so much to share, so let's get into this episode and explore another great topic. Welcome to episode 17. And in this episode, we're going to drill a bit deeper down into confidence and how to get more. And I'm delighted to say that I'm going to share this conversation with the wonderful Charlotte Carter, who is also works similarly to me. So again, great conversation. We've both said we can't wait to see where our conversation goes. So welcome, Charlotte. Please introduce yourself. Thank you so, so much for having me on your podcast. I am truly delighted to be in this space. Like you say, my name's Charlotte Carter. I'm a high performance coach and I work with lots of different types of people to really bring out their brilliance. And a big element of that is understanding who they are at the core and then confidence plays a big part in that. I love that. And, you know, isn't it interesting how we hear that sentence, who am I? Who are you? And it it kind of sometimes just pausing and thinking about the fact that we're asking that question because as humans, we are so complex, aren't we? And I think it's really good to pause and think about that question. Who am I? And I think for so many people, we we can live in a society where we're just sort of like, it's very much Groundhog Day and we can keep repeating days and and keep navigating things. And and all of a sudden we get to the end of our lives and we're like, what what happened there? Where was I and who was I? And I, I always talk about anchoring things into the first day of the month because it allows you to really sort of reflect back on the last month, see what's happened, think about what you can do for the next month, but also ask yourself the question of, of, I always ask three questions. How much fun have I had? How easy has it been? And how good do I feel? And I think when you answer them like on a monthly basis, you start to understand, well, actually, yeah, I'm doing this and I want to do more of this and I want to do less of this. And you sort of like pause and check in with who you really are. I love that. And it is that pausing, isn't it? Because as you say, life can just get so busy that you're doing the same stuff, sometimes doing too much of something, other things not enough of. So I love that pausing first of the month. What a great place to think, okay, how, how am I doing? And I think for so many people, life just whizzes by. And unless you anchor anchor in a habit to something, so either it's the first day of the month or whatever feels good for you, whatever frequency feels good, you can really tune into where the limits and blocks and sabotage is so that you can really go, well, actually, this is what, oh, why am I stopping myself doing more of this? Because I had such a great time when I did this particular activity. Hmm. And I think that's a great question to ask as well, isn't it? Why? Am I not doing as much of this? And what is it? Because there's so many complicated patterns in our thinking. Stop us. Could be somebody else. Could be somebody else's opinion. Could be something that goes way back, which is affecting our now, isn't it? Yeah. And I think sometimes it's it's us that's at the heart of it and we've put our own blocks in. And sometimes it's relationship dynamics and when you start to see the patterns of when it's you and when it's other people, then you start to get your control back really and be able to decide how you want to live your life in the way that feels good for you. Brilliant. Okay. So we've got a brilliant resource already to anchor, as Charlotte said, either the first of the month or whenever works for you. 
we're going to pause and ask ourselves some questions. What kind of things do people notice when they ask these kind of questions in your experience? So I think one of the first things that people notice is once they've done this exercise, say for three months, they realize that they might not have changed anything because they might not have actually taken the action. So one of the first things they start noticing is their excuses in some ways because they're like, oh, I'm here again in a month's gone by and I thought I was going to do all these things and I haven't done them because I haven't necessarily prioritized them. So there's a lot of things that come up with that first few months of doing it in self-awareness where they're like, hang on a minute. I was so, so intentional that I was going to do these. What is it in life that sideswiped me from doing it? Brilliant. So sometimes it's the big awareness piece, really, that people spot. And then they're like, why have I let myself get like that? And then they start on picking the, the pieces mm-hmm. that will help them. Brilliant. Now, I think something that might be worth us talking about, and I'm, we haven't planned this, Charlotte, so I hope it's good for you too, is to talk about time. Because I don't know about you, but you know, you've just mentioned excuse. So many people say they haven't had time to do whatever it is. What do we say? What are our tips around that? Because there's so many traps that we can fall into around time, aren't there? Yep. And I think it's a massive topic, isn't it? And I think for so many people, it's a habitual sentence that people say, I haven't got time. I haven't got time to do this. And actually, quite often, what I suggest people do is audit their life for 48 hours. And they they will realize that it's quite a it's quite a tough thing to do mm-hmm. because you'll realize you pick your phone up forty seven thousand times and whatever happens for you and you've you know you've answered to other people however many times and you've been trying to catch up and whatever's happened for you you'll start to see it when you audit yourself but it's like a default answer for so many people I haven't got time and actually you have got some time if you choose to prioritize what it is that you've been putting off. Um, because sometimes people prioritize instant gratification because the world we live in. So I'm just going to quickly look at this because I'm going to find out this, this, and this, or whatever the, you know, the social media scroll hole that people fall into. And actually, if they prioritize 10 minutes outside, you know, going for a walk or just standing outside and taking some deep breaths, then they will get way more than that in terms of space that they would feel. And it's such a trap, isn't it, to think that I'll just do this, I'll just get this done. And actually your brain and your body's probably screaming out for you to actually do the complete opposite. But one of our pushes is to say, if you're going to do that, you've got to do it and do it well, because there's no point in then feeling, picking up the old guilt or picking up the, oh, I should have stayed, I should have done that job, I should have finished that task. You know, for me, I'm often saying, you know, when you know that you just need to shut your laptop or stop doing your jobs that's your time to really take action and I think one of the things that I always say to people is once you've done that it's then can you up it and can you actually enjoy it and can you you give yourself permission to do that and can you not then the next day think you've got to do two hours more because you gave yourself some time off or away um the day before and Mm. it's all that creating the space when you need it because as you and I know, once if you set yourself an hour to do something and you're focused and you can get the stuff done, that's fine. But if you're not focused and you've got five hours and you still haven't done it, it's not the right time to do it. No. And I think knowing that, isn't it? You know, I've, I've just been working with a business this morning and they were talking about 
that sort of difference between procrastination where they're constantly just putting off that big job which affects our confidence we can swing full circle around because if you're not doing what you're saying you should be doing you can affect how you feel about yourself but also we were talking about choosing to not do it Mm -hmm. so literally saying do you know what wrong day not the right space haven't got the right things the right equipment around me whatever it is that you're trying to do and then choose to do it and that's it and there's a big piece that I work on with people that's around permission. Because for so many people, and I don't know whether your listeners are in this category, the permission piece is really big. So giving themselves permission to say today is not the day for this task or permission to give themselves 20 minutes to do something completely different mm-hmm. or permission to eat that thing that they didn't want or whatever it is. The permission is huge in terms of time. I think so. And I think when we talk about confidence, choosing to do it, feeling okay about doing it internally is is your internal world say, way of saying, I'm doing okay, I've done the right thing. If we do something and then beat ourselves up over it internally, no wonder we don't feel good about ourselves because that little part of our mind that's two-year-old is going, oh, I've got it wrong again. And I always marry confidence with courage because I think for some of the steps and some of the things for people, it's not always easy to to, to feel confident enough to make those changes. And I kind of always say that courage comes before that because you've got to be brave enough to make the decisions that are going to give you something that's way greater than what you were first hoping for. Yeah. And I think that comes back to that whole, you've set your intention maybe at the beginning of the month, you've already noticed that you haven't been doing it. So obviously, like you saying, a courage, a bit of something to say, come on, I'm going to make it happen. I love that. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it? To just have that dialogue with yourself rather than the internal chatter, which is usually unhelpful and lots of other things that it's not (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think it's always my reminder to people is you've got like an inner critic. Everybody will have one, whether they're loud or quiet or whatever. You've also got an inner coach. So you want to always move yourself from your inner critic to your inner coach as much as you can without being, you know, any anything that comes when you're too much of your inner coach. But you want to find your balance that works for you. Mm-hmm. But more often than not, it's that tipping that into coaching yourself through those self-doubt, negative, procrastination, you know, um, analysis, paralysis or whatever's going on, and then stepping into that confidence, courage, and you know what, I can do this and I can do it really well. It's just not going to be today. Yeah, I like that. I think that's really important for us to say, let's pick the right time to start these things. Having said that, we need to keep an eye on the trap of Mm. never starting them. Because obviously there's something that we need to pay attention to. What kind of things would you suggest for those situations, Charlotte? So then I would say if you're somebody that resonates with the finding it difficult to start, the questions that I'd ask for you to explore are, are you taking on too much? So have you got, you know, 20 things when really two is what you want to focus on? And just ask yourself, am I trying to spin too many plates? Hmm. Because... If you're trying to spin to any place, the outcome will be that you won't be able to keep them spinning. So somewhere along the line, things will fall by the wayside. And I think some people set them up like that because they're used to things falling by the wayside. So that's their comfort zone. 
when I invite people to go, well, let's just have two plates spinning. And they're like, well, that's not enough. And I'm like, no, it is. Two plates, two plates spinning so well is phenomenal. It's going to mm-hmm. give you all you need. And it's like a reframe on less is more. So once you can really work out what you've got and in terms of anchoring habits, what you've got that works, and then you've you've really nailed it and it's embedded, then you bring in something new and then you nail it, embed it, and then you bring in something new. So important. And sometimes in amongst that, I would say if people are being really honest, and I mean really honest with themselves, there'll be stuff that they're doing that is not serving them at all that they either need to reduce or stop altogether and make a plan with that. Because in that space of I'm too busy, if they were being honest, and I think, you know, you and I help people get really honest with themselves, what is it that you're doing that's eating up your time or eating up your confidence that actually you could stop altogether? Yeah. And there's many, many elements with that, isn't it? Because there's all the dynamics that go into that because some of the things that people may be doing may be a part of a people-pleasing tendency that they have. And then they're like, well, if I stop doing this, it might, you know, these people might have this view and then it's more about self-empowerment and self-esteem. So there's always a little bit more to work on in terms of what they uncover, isn't it? So it's it's when you can find out what it is for you and what your pattern is for you, then you, you, you have all the answers within you always. Definitely. And I think what we're saying here is, Let's start to get curious about what those things are. First of all, we don't have to stop them, but let's just get curious about them. And then I think your piece around courage, which I obviously encourage people also to be courageous. It's being courageous about the how are you going to stop doing this? Who is going to be impacted? You know, again, if you've been helping somebody, rescuing them, busying yourself with their things, and suddenly you're going to start prioritizing something for yourself, there'll be some sort of a fallout. So for me, it's always managing that little bit uh, and courage, definitely a big dollop of courage to say, actually, I'm going to prioritize myself today. And yeah, some people will be like, oh, what's going on? But that's yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it's relationships is a big part of my work. And when you when you sort of put yourself higher than the other people, there's always a dynamic and there's always a an adjustment period, isn't there? Definitely. I mean, I see this in uh, leadership as well in management. You know, if a manager jumps in all the time and fixes something constantly for their colleague, that can have one of a few effects. Sometimes it could, it almost trains people to just rely on the manager. It's okay, I don't need to do it. Yeah. Or they feel totally disempowered because yet again, the managers come in. And I think, you know, even in families and relationships, if you're the one that's constantly bailing somebody else out, ultimately, it actually doesn't work. It might feel nice, but it doesn't work, does it? No. I think it's always thinking about what's what's for the the best service that you can have for yourself and what's the best service or the best version of you you can be to the other people in the relationships. Definitely. And I think, again, that's what I'm saying, and I know you are as well, Charlotte, how you do that is to firstly just pause and just notice what what is happening here. Mm-hmm. Because so often we're just in that auto, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've suggested that mm-hmm. we think about a time to maybe anchor a question, some questions. How much fun am I having? Is it serving me? We've then identified some things that probably we haven't got around to doing so we can think about why. 
Is that a problem? Is it confidence? Is it information? Is it somebody to go with? It could be a number of millions of things, couldn't it? And then we've also spotted some things that we need to stop doing and we need to be mindful of how and what is the fallout of that. What do you think the key thing when you've when we've now identified what it is that we need to be doing more of or less of? What do you think the key thing to get people started is, Charlotte? Uh, motivation. Okay. So I feel that um, people have to find their own internal motivation to make change, whatever it is. Um, and for some people, and especially some people where the change is big or they've been on a particular personal journey where this is, you know, a real big difference for them. Sometimes it's about borrowing other people's motivation um, and having your own series of mini cheerleaders around you that are like, you know, you can do this. I, I really believe in you. I'll be able to ask you in a few days if you've made these changes and have some support. Sometimes that allows people to start building their own internal motivation. Some people, like people who have like an inner drive to make some change for 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 a bigger purpose that they're driven by, they'll run with their internal motivation from the start, but it won't last. Mm. So finding this balance of how you find your motivation and how you keep it and what tops it up is really, really key because without it, it's really, well, it's near impossible to keep going. Yeah. So we need a mixture, don't we, of that internal drive. You've set the goal. It has to be something that you're passionate about, something that you want to do. That's really important. But then let's use some of the patterns in our human mind that that we can use to help us along. So sometimes, like you say, sharing it with somebody else, a bit of accountability. As humans, we're quite often more likely to do something because we've told someone else, aren't we, than just ourselves? Yeah. And I'm always saying to people, you know, some of those patterns, as you said, Charlotte, are uh, it's better to have an internal one. But if there is an external one that you can use positively, let's do it. So for me, if I tell somebody else I'm going to do something, I know I'm much more likely to do it. So I use that positively. But what we don't want to do is use these patterns negatively. And in terms of positive psychology, um, you always want to think about in terms of using things positively. You want to do more of the positive. Unfortunately, the mind works in that it 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 you focus on the negative naturally. Three times more likely to focus on the negative than the positive. So there's a positivity ratio and a bias in positive psychology where you want to have three good things will outweigh one negative. So if you find yourself in that space of so, you know some listening to some motivation where somebody's like actually demotivating you saying, well, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you could, or laughing at you or whatever it is in terms of demotivation. You've got to really think about what are the three things that you can create yourself that are going to cancel out that. So important, isn't it? And I think it comes back to what you said earlier. And I'm often talking about cheerleaders. Let's have cheerleaders in your corner who, yes, they might be realistic, you know, if you're suddenly going to try and set off on some very crazy thing, but they are behind you because it's so, so possible to be influenced by people who's it's their fear, really, isn't it? If they don't see themselves doing it. I mean, I often talk about when I left the NHS, you know, there were quite a few people who really thought I was completely crazy because I was leaving my permanent post and my pension and all that safety. But actually, that was their stuff, not mine. Yeah. 
And yeah. it's really important, isn't it, to, to make sure we listen to the right kind of support. And I think that's what you get when you you pause because you start to really work out what's your stuff and what's somebody else's stuff. And I think when you find that the things that are coming up for you, like maybe people may call them triggers or emotions or your reactions or you feel a little bit stressed or anxious, it's important to really pause to work out whether they are actually just the person's journey and it's nothing to do with you or how much is it actually a part of your learning and your growth. It's such a strong, strong skill to have that, isn't it? To be able to identify, is it me or is that their stuff? Because their stuff might not be in any shape relevant to what you yeah. want to do. Because if we all listen to everybody, we all have our own opinions, don't we? We're, we're allowed to have our opinions. But if they're influencing others, again, we can bring it full circle around to confidence. If you're constantly being influenced by someone else and doing what they think you should be doing or stopping yourself doing things, you're not going to feel good, which affects your confidence. Yeah. And a phrase that I use in my business and in terms of sort of empowerment is I, I talk about standing in your own playground because I give this analogy of everybody's in the in like, you know, a typical playground where it's all people busying around trying to get on the equipment and everything like children's in a park and actually nobody's necessarily being who they want to be because they're all just trying to fit into what's happening in that particular playground. When you create your own with your own like obstacles and tools and everything in there and you invite your people into it to play and have fun and create happiness and success, then it ends up being something where everybody just brings their own part of their personality to to the space and it ends up being much more enriched and fulfilling and deeper connections and all of that good stuff. It seems so simple, doesn't it, to say almost what we're saying is, you know, be you and then bring the right people to be you. It seems so simple, and yet it's probably one of the biggest challenges as humans. Yeah, it's uh, because it's all identity, and identity is always changing. So for so many of the people that I work with, they they don't know who they are. So when we start talking about this concept of standing there at their playground, they're like, well, A, I don't feel safe doing that. I don't know who I am. Who would I ask? Will anybody like me? And everything comes up. And actually, when we peel back the layers of life and they're like, this is who I am. And I've got these 20 different sides of me and I'm embracing them all. And I'm just standing there now. And it's, there's nothing more liberating than being able to give that gift to yourself. Oh, it is. And it's magical to <laughs> be alongside somebody who does that, isn't it, Charlotte? I mean, yeah, it is. It, yeah. It's what it's all about, isn't it? To just suddenly see somebody like, whoa, I, I can actually just do that. And yeah. What else can you be but yourself? But it seems as if it's such a big undertaking. But I'm often reminding it myself and and anyone listening is what we're talking about here is like a big jigsaw. There's lots and lots of little elements, isn't there? There's lots of little pieces. And we need to be really careful because we can easily fall into overwhelm when we think all these things that we need to do. And I'm, again, reminding anyone listening in today that it's about that one small thing, isn't it? It's that what's the thing that you're going to do that's going to take you to the next bit and the next bit? Because as we think, if we use the metaphor of the jigsaw, you'll often hear me say, how do we do a jigsaw? One piece at a time. We can't do. You can try and have multiple pieces in your hand if you want, but you can't actually put them all in at the same time. And I think there's so much with, with sort of like society and how people live is that people may see 
somebody else's picture already done. And they're like, well, how, how do I think they've already nailed it? And and all that's happened in their perception is that what they've seen is a snapshot of the person's life with one puzzle. That's it. And then they, they, they haven't seen that they've got, you know, four or five other jigsaws that they haven't even started yet that they're about to start. So it's all perception, isn't it? And- it's so important to say that, though, Charlotte. I'm glad you have because, you know, that person whose jigsaw looks like it's finished, they've probably been on a massive journey to date. You know, we're all in our own. Well, it's good to be motivated by others doing well and definitely hang around for people who are doing well. But equally, it's we're not. We're not the same, are we? We can't compare what somebody else might look like. Uh, might be false, <laughs> number one. Uh, yeah. could, could also be that they've already been through all sorts of things to get where they are. So comparing yourself to that or using that as a mechanism to motivate you is not not safe, is it? No, and I think I, I was talking with somebody earlier today and I think the only thing I ever say about comparisonitis is you comparison. you can only ever compare yourself to yourself. So who were you last month, last week, last year? Who would you like to be next month, next week, next year? And what is it for you that you want to change for you? Yeah, because we don't know, do we? I mean, I always say this in anything I do, you know, people are not thinking and feeling the same as you. We we have the functionality is the same. We all have limiting beliefs. We all, as you said, we all have the chatter. We all have patterns and habits in the way we do it. But actually... The, the the platform is separate, isn't it? So we never really know. You know, I don't know about you, but when someone says to me, you know what you need to do? <laughs> it just, no, you don't actually. <laughs> no, no, no one, no one's been in your shoes. No. Ever. No. And I think it's so important to, for us to say, and that's what I like the, this podcast is about, is just to have those conversations to help others realise that, you know, it is okay to you number one but also to know that others don't necessarily know what's right for you and for me having the confidence to find out what is right for you and then be able to have the confidence to follow through that is the ultimate isn't it yeah yeah brilliant wow hopefully that's given people some really good things to think about i just want to kind of just see if we can between us charlotte just summarize what do you what, what we are saying as our top tips, I like to kind of just bring it full circle around. Do you want to start with a few bits that have stuck in your mind? So I would say that a top tip for people listening is ask yourself the questions in terms of confidence and courage married, married together. So which are the ones that do you feel really courageous in making decisions in terms of confidence, in terms of anything? And what things do you feel more confident in? Because once you can start to unpick that, you can start to go, do you know what, I feel really brave. In this situation, I feel really brave. And when you know that you can do that, one of the beautiful things with the complexity of humans is we can just switch it to something else in that the the mind can go, well, you're brave doing that. So you can be brave doing something else because you are brave. And you can start to remind yourself that you can be courageous, you can be confident, and you can start to see it. So it just sometimes the wording and the emotional language lands for different people. So I think when you think about courage and confidence, I see them very much as the same word now, but I never used to. And I think sometimes when I start dropping those in, people are like, oh, yeah, I felt really brave in that, but I wouldn't have said I was confident. I'm like, okay, so what, what's coming up next? And other people, how would you see it if somebody else did it? And then sometimes people go, oh, yeah, that's really confident. And it's like, okay, so it's just your perception of yourself. 
And that's a great awareness because you can work on that yourself. Yeah, I love that. And it's almost then you're not homing in on, I need more confidence, I need more confidence. It's you're actually able to go, well, I I, I was, I did it. I was really brave. And then you can call it confidence. You can call it courage. You can call it whatever you like, but you did it. And I think it's right to also remind us all that uh, all these things are transferable to other elements from a brain's perspective, isn't it? So I think I'm often reminding people of that. You might have done that. What about imagining that it's exactly the same and you can go and do whatever it is that you're waiting to work do? Yeah, one of the one of the tips that I give people in terms of confidence is draw, get a notepad and draw three different circles and cut on three different pieces of paper and put in one circle an element where you felt super confident, whether it was work, personal, relationships, a conversation you had, anything where you felt the feeling is important, where you felt like you had absolutely smashed it. And do that for three different circles in three different times in your life. And you might, they might, some might be childhood, some might be last week. It could be in any guise. And when you really tap into the feelings of what those confidences are and what they felt like for you and take yourself back to that space, it's very powerful. Then when you're doing something really brand new that you're like, do you know what? I, 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 the unknown and the mind starts going, oh, well, this is new. And you feel it, you're out of your comfort zone. Put those three circles on top of each other and then la- allow yourself to go through the feelings of what it felt like and they will be three times as powerful and you can remind yourself of it. They were all new once. And so when you're stepping into something new, it can just be another circle that you're going to create to put on that pile. And you know you've been there before. You can do it in a new guise. Brilliant. People like that exercise. Some people do it like with hula hoops in the garden. They stand in them. It's like a different... I just think that it's a great way to remind yourself of how powerful you are. That's the ultimate, isn't it? I love that. And just how brilliant we all are. We're all brilliant in our own ways. Um, And finding that brilliance inside us is just critical, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Charlotte, for coming and sharing your wisdom and your tips and your experience with us today. You are so welcome. I've loved chatting with you about all these things. I'm sure we can have you back because I feel sure there's lots of conversations that you and I can have that uh, people need to to tap into. So I'd love to have you back another time. Yep, I'm happy to come back. I can talk about many things. (laughs) Brilliant. Let's do that then. Okay, so thank you so much for tuning in today. I know that there's lots of things that you can listen to out there. So I'm grateful that you've come and shared this space with Charlotte and I. In next week's episode, we are going to think about different ways. Again, we're going to come back to purpose. I've got the um, special guest of Emma Hind, and she and I are going to talk a little bit more about purpose. So thanks, Charlotte. You're also welcome. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening and sharing in this episode of Mental Wealth. Remember, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. My last question to you is what is the one small thing that you can take action on from this episode? Message me on Instagram or through our website with questions you'd like me to explore. You'll find the links in the show notes. I'll be back with more tools and tips to make sense of your mind in the next episode. In the meantime, be kind to yourself. Bye for now. Oh, 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 oh,